We're to let our light shine so others may see Christ in us. Good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church. We are so glad to have you this morning <laughs> um, with, to worship with us today. Please sign the attendance book as it is passed. This morning, we will consider what kind of people God's people should be. This will be reflected in scripture, sermon, and in congregational singing. Our service will also include a musical offering by our adult handbells. Let us join together now for prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, we have gathered for worship as your people. Help us to grow in becoming one in heart and spirit. May we become more effective in showing your grace by our lives. We want to be changed and continually remade as your own. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now let us use the music of the prelude to prepare ourselves for worship. and Christ is in us. Wherever we are, the Spirit abides with us and in us. We have gathered for worship of the God who created and sustains us. We have come to offer thanks to the God who blesses us. May our worship today 
be focused and pleasing to the God we praise together. invite the children forward for the children's sermon. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good to see you this morning. Like that ribbon in your hair. Well, I got a book here. It says church signs. Sometimes churches have signs out front of their church. We have a small one, but not a big one. But I've highlighted some of these signs that I like. This book is falling apart, isn't it? But I've highlighted some that I like. This one says, we need to talk, signed God. So that's about prayer, I guess. We need to talk to God. This one says, he who angers you controls you. So if somebody, if you let them make you angry, then they're controlling you. I like that one. 
This one says, exercise daily, walk with God. That's pretty good, isn't it? I like all these. Uh, see this one. I like this. Live well, laugh often, love much. That's what we try to do, isn't it? Uh-huh. All right, let's look at the next one. It's a picture of a church. It says, this is a hospital for sinners. That means none of us are perfect, right? Then <coughs> this one. It's the New Prospect Baptist Church. It says, everyone needs to be loved, especially when they don't deserve it. I like that one. So our sign out front is kind of small, and we can't put a lot of words on it. But if we could, what would we say about our church? Would we say something like, everybody welcome? Yeah. Uh, come here just like you are, right? Nobody's perfect, that kind of stuff. We'd want to say that, wouldn't we? We want everybody to feel like they're welcome here. When they come here, we'll love them because we're all just trying to be the best we can be, right? Okay. Let's say our prayer. Lord, we want to be a church where people feel like they can come and be loved here. And no matter what their past is like, we want to love people. And so we know that we are a hospital for sinners, that we're not perfect. And thank you for loving us anyway and giving us a great church here on this corner of downtown Carrollton. Amen. are God's people, the chosen of the Lord, born of His Spirit, established by His Word. Our cornerstone is Christ alone. Strong in Him we stand. Oh, let us live our lives transparently and walk heart to heart and hand to hand. After our prayer time, then Cole will lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Oh God, we want righteousness to be at the heart of who we are. Yet you've shown us how far we can stray from you and from your ways. And yet you've also shown us the depth of your compassion and how we can be changed. Let your Holy Spirit come upon us to inspire us, to call us back into the way of righteousness. We ask this morning that you heal those who are hurting. Lift the hearts of those who are depressed. Point the way for those who are confused. And convict those who feel no need for repentance. Support those who grieve for lost homes or lost positions, lost times or lost loved ones. Show us how to be loving and gentle and generous with all you've given us, peacemakers in a world that is so devoid of peace. Give us courage to speak up and out with grace when we see wrongs being committed, when we see justice being denied. Give us the courage to tell our story to those who need to hear and may we reach out to our community by spreading your word. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray.
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Our first scripture lesson this morning is taken from Acts 14, verses 8 through 15a. That may be found on your pew Bible uh, on page 898. 
beginning with verse 8. In Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet and had never walked, for he had been crippled from birth. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul, looking at him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And the man sprang up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Laconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates. He and the crowds wanted to offer sacrifice. When the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We are mortals just like you. The second scripture lesson today is from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 16a. That may be found in the Pew Bible on page 985, beginning with verse 13. Now, who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated, but in your hearts sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and kindness. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
That was pretty amazing, huh? Yeah, wow. <clears throat> Do you ever ever feel like a rock star? <clears throat> like when I go to the beach in the summer, people come up to me and say, are you Zeus? I do get mistaken for a police officer, a deputy from Mayberry. So last year, a friend of mine and I, we went to a, a concert at, at Milltown in Bremen, at the concert venue there in Bremen. Went to see the, the band, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. I love them, they were fantastic. I was with a friend, we were sitting and waiting for the concert to begin. A lady about my age came up to me and said, are you? I said, hi, I'm Steve Davis. Good to meet you. She looked starstruck. I'm serious. She said to me, you're a celebrity. I, I said, well, I, she wasn't speaking about my sermons, I know, or my artwork or my golf game. I think maybe she reads the newspaper. I guess she's read my articles. We took a picture. I'm, I'm dead serious. You wanted a picture. That's about as good as it gets for me. So the writer of Acts must have had a great sense of humor, Luke, as he wrote it. So Paul and Barnabas are mistaken for a couple of Greek gods. The story is that a man who had been crippled is healed. The people in Lystra shout, this is Acts 14, the gods have come down to the earth. They thought Barnabas was Zeus. They thought Paul was Hermes, the messenger of the gods, because Paul did all the talking. They were speaking in a different language. It's kind of like the missionary cartoons. You might remember some missionary cartoons where the missionaries in some foreign country and the people are bowed down before the missionaries speaking a different language. And one of them looks at the other and says, do you know what they're saying? Don't look at me. I only took two years of high school Spanish. You know. So Paul is shocked by the adulation. So Paul goes running out into the crowd shouting, we're only humans just like you. Paul's message should be our message. That should be our message. We're only human just like you. I tell that story because we live in a, in a world that's not that different from that world. 
We live in, a, in 2020 in kind of a crazy, zany religious world that Paul and Barnabas encountered in Lystra. Unfortunately, Christianity in America is defined by rock star preachers, many of whom preach the prosperity gospel, and TV evangelists who manipulate large crowds of people. You would think it'd be different in the 21st century, but it's not much different than the first century. So as you know, the past few decades, our world has changed. So uh, 20 years ago, if you fell asleep during one of my sermons in the year 2000, you just woke up in 2020, it's a very different world than it was 20 years ago. We live in the, the so-called West part of the world, and many call it post-Christian. In Europe, as you know, less than 15% have a church affiliation, that's what I hear. A church attendance in, in America is on the decline, has been. Here in Rockdale, in Carroll County, excuse me, I started to say Rockdale County. Uh, Jennifer and I had a conversation before church about Rockdale County. I used to teach and preach in Rockdale County. Anyway, in Carroll County, about five in six people this morning will be doing something else besides going to church. I know where they are. Several years ago, we skipped church on a Sunday morning and stayed in town, had a guest preacher, and I said, let's go to breakfast. We went to IHOP. That's where they are. <laughs> if you're wondering where people are this morning, they're at IHOP. All the surveys tell us that Protestants make up less than half of our population. 20% uh, at least have no religious affiliation in this country. Uh, of those unaffiliated, a lot of them still believe in God or a God, but they're disenchanted with us, with organized religion. They say we're too concerned with money, power, rules, and politics. And a large percentage of adults have no religious affiliation at all, and you know that. If you don't believe me, check your neighborhood. I would imagine up and down your street there'll be plenty of people, from some from other religions, some with no religions at all. It's the way it is on my street. What do we do about that? Well, we don't need to play the victim. It doesn't do any good to bellyache because there's a soccer game Sunday morning at 11. If you don't like it, try to fix it, you know. But it doesn't do us any good to whine about these things. We've got a church on every corner of this country. We have every chance to influence our culture. We've got millions and millions of Christian people. We've got God on bumper stickers and God's on billboards and t-shirts and Entire TV channels and radio stations are dedicated to God. So we don't need to play the victim. Next, we need to own up to our own failures as a church. The church has failed in many ways on social issues, race, and other issues. We failed miserably at times. We failed to speak lovingly to our world at times. And we need to learn to speak softly and tenderly, as that wonderful text that was read to you a moment ago. When somebody says, give me a defense of why you have hope. Answer them, it says, softly and tenderly. Over the last 40 or so years, the loudest voices in Christianity have been shrill voices, condemning voices, and angry voices. We've hidden behind the phrase, hate the sin, love the sinner. We've not done a very good job of loving the sinner. We need to stop shouting at those with whom we disagree and demonizing those with a different opinion. So what do we do? I suggest having a conversation with our neighbors. We need to say to our neighbors, 
as Paul said, we're humans just like you. It's sort of like being a horse whisperer. They, they say they spook easily. You got to whisper to them. We need to spread the word for sure, but softly and tenderly. Have a holy conversation with your neighbor. A holy conversation is just a normal conversation in what you might think of as an unholy place, maybe a coffee shop or a, a golf course. Well, that's a holy place, a golf course. But in the course of that conversation, tell your story. Every one of you here today has a story. You might say, well, my story is not very dramatic. It's kind of boring. Very few people have a dramatic story. I think I can speak for all of us here who have teenage daughters. We don't want her to have a dramatic testimony. We want hers to be kind of boring. You know, kissed a boy at first at the age of 18, gets married at 25, marries a minister and teaches Sunday school for 40 years. You don't want her story to be that she robbed a liquor store at 14, had two kids before the age of 20, and found Christ in a rehab center. That's not the story you want. But your story, no matter how boring you might think it is, it's a good story. It's worth telling. If your story is that you've been in church pretty much all your life, been married to the same person for 40 years, taught Sunday school for 25 years, what a great story. Tell your story. If your story is you lean over the fence to tell your neighbor, yeah, I've been married two or three times and I'm not, I've not been the best husband or father, but I'm trying. With God's help, with God's help, I'm going to do better. That's a great story. It's an honest story. Find your common ground with your neighbor. If you tell me you have arthritis in your knees, I'll probably tear up and give you a hug. I get it. We establish common ground. We build relationships with people. If you tell me your golf game's broken, I'll probably smile and say, yeah, I think I might could help fix that. If you tell me I can't get my daffodils to grow, I'm going to say, sorry. Talk to Carl Brack about that. He can help you. So we have a kind, loving conversation with people. We also need to be incarnational. I think that's what Paul's saying. We're humans, just like you. We do need to walk the talk, that's for sure. But back to Paul and Barnabas and the story. Being authentic and being human doesn't mean that we're some kind of plastic Greek gods. But rather it means running into the crowd and saying, we're humans just like you. It means to be honest about our struggles being vulnerable about who we are, learning to laugh at ourselves. You don't have to be perfect to have a story to tell, but you've got to be authentic. So who are you, really? The good news of Jesus Christ is that it's, this is not a commodity that we've got to sell. It's not an idea that we have to pitch. It's not a plan for self-improvement that needs to be read. It's rather, it's just an announcement about God, what God has done in Jesus Christ to love this world and to love this community in which we live. So be, just be true to yourself. Care about people. Pray for people. Pray that they might find Christ in their lives. 
Don't turn your connection with a neighbor into some moral crusade to get them to be just like you. Most of us can't preach like Paul or teach like Jesus. But do what you do. Find your sweet spot and go from there. I love the story about the now deceased missionary to China, Oswald Golter, who was a missionary in China for 30 years, was under house arrest for three of those years. After being released, the Chinese government said, you can go home now. So he wired the Missionary Society for some money to get home and, and catch a ship for home. He stopped off in India on the way home from China. While there, he heard about a group of Jews who were living inland in the loft of a barn. Well, it was Christmas time, so he went to find them. He found them and, and said, well, it's Christmas to them. He said, Merry Christmas. They said, we're Jews. We don't celebrate Christmas. He said, I know, but it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. But we're Jewish. We're not followers of Christ. We don't observe Christmas. He said, I know, but what would you like for Christmas? Sir, we don't, we don't observe Christmas. I know, but if somebody were to give you something for Christmas, what would you want? They thought about it for a minute and said, well, we'd like some good German pastries. So he went around that city looking for German pastries. He found some. He cashed his check for his return trip home and bought some pastries. He took the pastries to them. Years later, he told that story to a group of young would-be preachers, seminarians. Someone in the audience was incensed. Said, Dr. Golter, why don't you do that? They don't believe in Jesus. But he replied, but I do. I do. Pastries. I love how Peter puts it in 1 Peter 3. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who asks you about the hope that is in you. But do it with gentleness and kindness and pastries. You might remember, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago if you were in town, on a Saturday night our steeple got hit by lightning. This is loud boom. I heard it at my house two miles away. I heard it on Saturday night. I didn't know it hit the church. Came Sunday morning. This place was a mess. Bricks on the front. The power's out. It was crazy around here that morning. It doesn't surprise me that our steeple would attract lightning. I want you to think about our steeple, however, in, in a different way this morning. Steeples attract people as well as lightning. For the same reason. Our steeple is the highest point around this community, pointing its finger at the heavens. And so it attracts lightning. But it attracts people too. People wander into this church almost every day because they saw the steeple. What kind of people come here? Hungry people. Almost every day. Happy people, yeah. Homeless people, limping people. 
skipping people. Lonely, angry, depressed, some. Disappointed, some. I want our church to be a place in 2020 on the corner of Noonan and Dixie Street where we can say to our community, come here. We're humans just like you. And we too come here sometimes limping, sometimes very happy, sometimes sad. Let's have some real conversations because we are real incarnational people. We're not rock stars. We're not full of pretense. We're not trying to impress you with how spiritual we are. We hurt, we laugh, we cry, we smile, just like you. In the words of Charles Poole, people come to the steeples because they assume wherever there's a steeple at the top, there's a sanctuary at the bottom. Real church with real people takes place beneath the steeple.
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning thanking you for your blessings and generosity. Please allow these tithes and offerings to further our mission of helping those in need. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
these beautiful flowers behind me here are given by the family of Mr. James Knight honor his birthday. Uh, Mr. Knight passed away a few weeks ago, as you know, was a wonderful uh, leader and community servant. We miss him. I want to thank Greg Hendricks for playing this morning in the absence of Danny. Great to have Greg back on the organ. And also, we got him to play some handbells too. So thank you. Good to see you. Tonight is the chili cook-off. It's the annual chili cook-off at six o'clock. It's a really fun event. If you have not signed up to bring anything, just come anyway, because it's a lot of fun chili, cornbread, desserts, or if you want to just bring something last minute, have it here by 5.30. Going to be a lot of fun. We have a world-famous chili judge flying in from Alabama for this event. You, want to, you don't want to miss this tonight. Uh, next Sunday uh, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Joseph Snipes is doing a recital here. Joseph's one of ours. He's grown up in this church. We've enjoyed watching him grow up and play and be great to support him next Sunday at 3 o'clock for his recital. And finally, uh, most of you have gotten the word about the passing of Nat Shackelford. Uh, Nat and Louise have been uh, pillars of this church for a long, long time. Everybody loves the Shackelfords, and Nat's been sick and passed away yesterday. So the visitation is today from 2 to 4 at Almond Funeral Home. The funeral is tomorrow at 11 here at the church. So be in prayer for Louise and their wonderful family. Thanks for being here today. Good to see you. Hope you're off to a good start with this new year. It's been good to be here, hasn't it, in church, worshiping God together. Would you please stand for our benediction? Join us in singing the closing hymn. As you depart worship today, just be yourself, be real, be human, be transparent. And be a witness for Christ. We're a people called First Baptist Church. Caring people. Sharing God's love.